Hey everyone, it's Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up for this week. Joining me on the show is Justin Cook. Now, Justin Cook is the founder and CMO of a business called Empire Flippers. And you might have heard of them before on the show because we've talked about the different marketplaces where particularly online businesses can transact and Empire Flippers is certainly one of the biggest around of that. It's been going for over 10 years. Uh, Since 2012, actually, Empire Flippers has gone from having literally no revenue to selling over 450 million in businesses. So definitely worth checking out. But what we're going to get into today on the show is not just that. We're also going to talk about Justin's new business, which is called Web Street. And that is about investing in online businesses as an asset class. Now, I'm not here to give you financial advice. (laughs) I'm here to help you scale and exit your company. That said, you know, when we look at different asset classes like buying stocks or real estate or even buying companies, there are different ways of looking at those asset classes. And quite often you need to think about having breadth and diversity across your portfolio. So one thing you should be looking to do or potentially considering doing is looking at online businesses as a way of doing that. And the reason for that is there's a lot of them. There's a lot of aggregation going on. So, you know, these smaller online businesses are getting brought together to create groups to be sold to private equity. And there are lots of really interesting trends within that business, which means that you can obviously make a lot of money by leveraging those opportunities. Yeah, so Empire Flipper is a marketplace for entrepreneurs to go and exit their business. And we kind of call it like exits for the rest of us. Listen, sit back enjoy we get into quite a lot of things here we even do a little bit of analysis of my wife's businesses because she has two really interesting online websites businesses in the travel or family travel niche so uh, getting a little bit of advice from uh, justin if you don't mind was a, a bit of fun for me too so there we have it i hope you enjoy the show welcome to scale up with nick bradley justin cook Hey everyone, it's Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up for another week. Joining me on the show today is Justin Cook. Now, Justin Cook is the founder and CMO of Empire Flippers. We've talked about Empire Flippers on the show before when I've had other investors and PE people on. We're going to be talking about that and more today because we're also going to be talking about another business that he has founded, which is called Web Street. All things e-commerce, all things investment, how you can kind of look at different asset classes to build wealth. Lots and lots of fun. So, Justin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Nick. Appreciate it. Awesome. Now, just to kick off, you're traveling around the world right now. Do you want to let the audience know where you are? Yeah, I'm in Valencia, Spain, uh, here for till tomorrow, actually, then heading over to Barcelona for a couple of weeks and then doing a road trip uh, with my wife and uh, dog through uh, southern Germany. So, yeah. Fantastic. Is this a typical lifestyle thing for you? Are you kind of like traveling around? Your businesses, I take it, are not dependent necessarily on being in one geography? Yeah, our, our businesses, both of them, are completely remote. We have a distributed team, and people can live and work where they want. Um, and love so it. we did this intentionally. My business partner and I you know, love to travel. We love to kind of visit different places. We're like that rolling stone. You, you never get stuck <laughs> in one place. You, you, you go to a place, you're like, I love it. And then you know, six weeks later, you're like, oh, let's travel a little bit. Let's, let's have on. you got kids, Justin, or anything like that? No kids. We got a dog that we travel with, and she is spoiled like a, like a like a child. So yeah. So for anyone Pomeranian. listening to this, for anyone listening to this, because a lot of people know that I have the same luxury to some extent, except for the fact we've got like an eight and eleven year old daughters. Oh. So we have to manage everything around school and all that. But that said, I think we did six trips to Florida last year. Uh, we were in Italy for three weeks. Just got back from Dubai, as I was mentioning to you beforehand. 
So we managed to work around it, but it's a great, it's a great way of living, isn't it? Where you don't have to necessarily have some sort of bricks and mortar set up in one place and be tied to it. It's fantastic. And you look, brick and mortar businesses can do quite well. And there's a lot of them that would be available. I know you probably talked about this in your show, uh, the uh, boomers, right? Yeah, yeah, retiring and like, doesn't be a lot of brick and mortar businesses available and some probably good deals. But yeah, not having to be in a location is just such a hack, such a value hack that like, I, I can't imagine going back to being stuck where I have to run the business or have to be in a particular oh, location. God, no. It's not for me. <laughs> I, we we, just, we discussed this, my business partner and I have talked about like, maybe we'd make more money. Right. Maybe we'd make more money if we like got our whole team together, put everyone in an office, did the whole thing. But like, I just, I don't care that much. Like, you know, well, what I want is, to have a business I, want to, you, I, I love. I mean, would you? I mean, because this is right, that's, that's, not to go too far off topic here, because we're going to kind of get into into this kind of world of investing in these types of businesses. But, but we were talking before we press record about tax and the way the world is changing and the fact that you know, we're all looking for different ways of being efficient and effective and enjoying the lifestyle that comes around business. And I don't, I don't see that going back. What, yeah. what I do see, and this is my personal view, right? And I'm not a tax expert, but I see the old regimes, the old empires, not adjusting to the fact that there is this global citizen, global entrepreneur thing going on. So the fact that you have people that can live, work wherever they want, and I take it that you are measuring their performance based on the results yeah, that they right. deliver, it just feels a more progressive way of being. It's like the right way to be. What's funny though, I mean, there is the old regime. Are you familiar with the All In podcast, David Sachs and that kind of crew? They're really yeah, popular. Yeah, I, I, yes, I am. Yes. David Sachs was talking recently about you know how the remote work experiment has failed. You know, people are going back to the office, and I'm like, this guy, he's a bright investor, has done quite well for himself, but he's just wrong about that. I mean, it's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and and the other thing I found is that, um, and it kind of COVID did get people to reevaluate a lot of things around how they want to live their lives. I know lots of businesses in the US that were based in, you know, places like Vermont initially, and then, you know, people home for two or three years of that. So they decided to, you know, relocate their their families to places like Florida or somewhere mm -hmm. where the weather was better. And now that people are going back to kind of not having to be in lockdown, those people don't want to go back to those places. And I know some companies that have literally relocated their whole business to where their staff, their their employees went because they had no chance of getting them back. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But my personal view is there might be a bit of balancing, like, you know, a bit of coming back. But the idea that someone has to be in an office five days a week or more, and that's the way it works, I think particularly a younger generation coming through, they're going to reevaluate that massively and make well, I'm glad I, I'm glad the larger companies are trying to get people back in the office because it makes our value prop as an employer, <laughs> so much better, right? Because when everyone was working remotely, it's like, oh, I can go work for one of these major companies and work remotely anyway. You know, we're a smaller company. Like, why do I do it? Well, now our, we look great. We're like, hey, you want to live in Lisbon and work for us? No problem. Go ahead, Dubai, whatever you want. Love it. So let's let's go back a few steps here and talk about um, kind of your first business, the one that we've spoken about on the show beforehand, because it's got a, a great reputation for what it's been doing for over a decade now. Empire Flippers. Okay, so take us through what that business is how it's evolved and and kind of what you're thinking about now in terms of how you're growing that company. Yeah, so Empire Liberty is a marketplace for entrepreneurs to go and exit their business. And we kind of call it like exits for the rest of us, like not massive, <laughs> you know, nine figure sales. A lot of times it's a What do you what do you mean there, there are there are other exits that are nine <laughs> yeah, figures? Yeah, it's, uh, it's what, a lot. Most of them have to be 10 figures before I get interested. So sure, <laughs> 
Well, that's that's a typical private equity guy. That, no, but but like yeah, I mean like you can sell your business for four hundred thousand dollars, eight hundred thousand dollars, one point six million dollars, right? These smaller businesses that have a ton of value, and I think even today a lot of entrepreneurs don't know that their business is sellable. So when they come across us, they're like, "Wow, that's it's really wow. amazing." And to date, we've done four hundred and fifty, a little over four hundred fifty million dollars in in total sales. Helped you know I think seventy five people sell million dollar plus businesses. So. Yeah, that's it's a marketplace for entrepreneurs to sell their business. We have a large network of buyers looking for cash flow, uh, cash flowing online businesses. Okay, so we'll have some fun here, right? So let's have some fun. So I mentioned before, again, we press record that I've got a few different businesses. I mentioned that my wife has got her own. So she has got two web businesses. Okay, mm. one of them has been going for a number of years. It's called Flying with a Baby, and as you can probably appreciate, it's a family travel business. That business turns over about half a million in revenue right now, totally and utterly kind of off the back of what she's doing. So she has people who write content for that business. Um, it's monetization is two things. It's effectively affiliates. So we get a lot of money coming in through Amazon, booking.com, those sort of things. Yep. And we have a, a commercial partnership with Mediavine who does all the advertising off the back of that as well. So we effectively just get money that comes in off the back of that. Is that the sort of business that you guys sell or is it more e-commerce based product based businesses that's exactly the type of business we sell we sell a lot of affiliate uh, deals I'll, I'll tell you we're monetization agnostic so right. at improv we don't particularly care how you make your money we sell uh kindle ebook businesses uh right. we sell e-commerce businesses amazon fba businesses affiliate type sites um even agencies right although that's a little trickier and we can talk about that if you want that's but, more of a service-based thing i mean yeah give us the we, we do service businesses Really? Two. Okay. So is, is it based on, okay, because I was, I was of the impression it was more the fact that, you know, these businesses have assets, they don't have a lot of complexity or cost necessarily, right? But they've built a brand, they've built an audience or a community, they're monetizing that through different mechanisms. Yeah. Um, but is it, is it that or is it more the size of business that you're focusing on kind of helping someone exit and sell? Uh, it's it's the cash flow. So we're going to sell based on a multiple of EBITDA or, or cash flow. All right. We look at uh, we do we measure monthly. So we'll say like a thirty x or thirty five x. Some people are like, well, thirty x. No, thirty times monthly. Um, so yeah, about thirty to thirty five x is about where they're selling. Now it depends on the monetization and the the business. In your wife's case, the fact that you have writers outsourced, you probably have teams and processes in place where you know they get the content ideas delivered to them and they you know uh, iterate on that and publish and that's all set up. That's helpful. Um, sometimes if it's like all around a personal brand and there's like I don't know YouTube videos or something that can be difficult or challenging. But yeah, that's just okay. part of the negotiation. Like a lot of times the the owner will have to stay on or they'll introduce the other person they'll do kind of a show together as they transition the business got it and what sort of buyers are coming into this yeah just a ton of people so we have a, a whole list of buyers um that we've made up cute little names for so you have like the lifestyle larry okay. right so the lifestyle larry is like look you know he's worked a corporate job right kind of sick of it uh, has you know three four hundred thousand dollars to buy a business making ten twelve thousand a month wants to work on it from bali and ends up buying this kind of lifestyle business, right? You've got a newbie Norm who is just you know buying a business just to see if this whole internet money thing works, right? So they'll buy a business making you know four or five thousand dollars a month, um, just to kind of get in and tinker with it a little bit. So you've got the uh, you know portfolio Paul who maybe has a group of investors or maybe some partners. He's got a team in place. And they run 10, 12 online businesses now, and they're always looking to acquire to add to the portfolio. So there's a number of different types of profiles that we target um, at Empire Flippers. 
And you're seeing, are you starting to see a growth in people looking at aggregating or buying more smaller businesses like this? I mean, are, are any of them starting to operate like a private equity firm would where you would you know, do a buy and build? And for people on this show know what that is, but just to, to help anyone new listening to the show, that's where you buy one business as a platform. That's the first acquisition. And then you buy adjacent businesses to that, which can be up and down the value chain, meaning they could be similar types of businesses in one sector, or they could be you know, suppliers, if you like, up and down, sort of, you know, supporting that that original platform. Yep. So do you get much of that sort of activity? Yeah, sometimes it's all in one vertical, sometimes it's all in one monetization method, sometimes it's the uh, the hub and spoke method, where you buy the main business, you buy add-ons around it or build add-ons around it. Um, we noticed through 2020 and 2021, I don't know, you're probably familiar with this, but the yep. crazy run up in the aggregators in the, in the Amazon FBA space. So all this private equity money was dumping into these aggregators looking to just snatch up FBA business. And it was really just because the price of money was so low, right? And it was free effectively. So you had companies like Thrasio and all the, the, the people coming up behind them buying up, you know, billions of dollars worth of e-commerce businesses. And we were a part of that. Um, yeah, New York Times reached out. We did an article with them uh, about kind of like the, the space, and that all blew up uh, when the the price of money went up. So a lot of those companies aren't around. Got bought out for pennies on the dollar. Didn't they ultimately? Oh, wow. So the econometrics, as we like to say on this show, were kind of so thin <laughs> that yes. that as soon as as soon as cost of capital increased, there wasn't the margins necessarily for that to be sustainable. It was rough. It's also it's so obviously a bubble because people were getting involved. You know, you know these uh, private equity groups were we we're having conversations with them at least once a week. I talked to someone new getting in the space, and you know there'd be a money guy and there'd be kind of the operator guy, and they'd be talking to us like, "Well, look, we want to do what Thrasio does, but we're just going to pay more for the business. We're going to pay a little bit more than them, like twenty percent more." And I'm like, "Okay, well, who's going to run it? Well, this guy this is my uncle, and uh, you know he's he ran a, a real you know like a brick and mortar real business." before and i think he can i think he's gonna do great here and i was like good luck this is not gonna this is not gonna end well yeah it was crazy times it's funny um i, I put a post out on social media the other day saying that because of the idea of um baby boomers retiring and all these businesses for sale and then acquisition entrepreneurship i've had uh, walker dival on the show talking about that and and I posted the other day saying that there are a lot of people out there that expect that they can get businesses, not necessarily free, like this no money down crap, but more they can get a business and then it's going to just run, right? It's going to run and they yeah. can bring cash flow in. It's partly driven by the marketing that goes out there. And the post I said, I said, look, you know, people expect this, but the big issue, you know, how, you need to know how to run a business, right? Or you need to have someone in your, your team that can do that. And someone challenged it and said, you know, who the hell thinks that? And I'm like, well, there are a lot of people out there and it's a big issue as far as I'm concerned because people buy into the marketing of it. So you got to get them on the show. Whoever said that, that who believes in that, you should get them on the show and have a conversation about well, it. That's interesting. Pull that apart. I mean, <laughs> but it's a, it's a risk. I think what I, what I, I try to be as pragmatic as possible, right? Like if you, if you look out there in, into what's happening in the world right now, and I try to sort of look at it from a 30,000 foot perspective, there is a lot of opportunity to build wealth, right? And there's a lot of opportunities to build wealth on your terms, the freedom point that you and I experience because we can travel and do different things. There's more opportunities now than there have ever been to do that. Doesn't mean it's easy, right? <laughs> Doesn't mean yeah. it's easy. It's no. it's accessible, right? If you choose way more to. accessible than it was previously. That's yeah. that's for certain. And the education's what? out there as well, and the fact that you know you can partner with people like you guys, you know, to be able to work out how to do that effectively for you, you know, whatever your circumstance. One of the things we ran into at Empire Flippers is like, you know, there is, 
there's a limited amount of people that can buy an online business. Now that, that amount is growing, right? But people, if you're buying a you know five hundred thousand dollar business and making fifteen thousand a month or whatever, like you, you know, you've got to have some skills. Like there's some basic skills to buy this e-commerce business that you have to have some experience running an uh, e-commerce business. And so now that that the people with those skills and that time and, and the ability to take on that challenge are growing, but it's still a limited audience. And so we we constantly were running across people that were like, look. I've never run an e-commerce business before. I want exposure to the space. I want to get involved. How do I just kind of invest in these businesses? Mm, and we were yeah. like, uh, you don't. I mean, you go get the skills. We would send them to other places where they can learn about, you know, affiliate uh, advertising, about e-commerce, and and then have they come back when you're ready. And like that was our answer. It's a bad one because this is like, like a high class problem to solve, right? There's people with money that want to give it and get a return on it, um, and we're not taking it. So. We're like, well, this is this this is something we should work on. So um, that's the reason we created, you know, Empire Builders Capital, now known as Web Street. It's basically we wanted to take this kind of asset class, these four hundred, five hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars businesses, and make them investable passively. And so to figure out a way to do that, we created uh, you know, Web Street now um, as a solution to the problem. It's 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 gone quite well actually. So let's go. Through, let's get into that because I'd love to see how this this model works. Because you're right. There's there's people out there, and I see it a lot in. Um, I go to lots of different masterminds in the US and speak, and and some of them are, you know, affiliate marketing masterminds. Where I was, I was with one recently in Tampa, and the amount of money that the people were making in the room, like very, you know, unashamedly, the amount of cash flow they were making. They're like, you know, I, I don't want to just buy real estate anymore. I want to kind of get the the multiple arbitrage that the private equity guys get when they do these big deals, but I want to kind of do it on a level that I can do it at. And so what you're saying here with Web Street is those sort of individual investors can come into your ecosystem, what you've created, and they can invest in businesses, right? And, and they can get the benefits of the growth that businesses can can deliver that from my experience is more than what they can get even from a real estate asset class. Is that correct? That's right. And, and Empire okay. Flippers, you know, we have a bunch of people that have exited their business and at Empire Flippers, we knew their track record because we, you know, dove into the business because we were vetting the business listed and sold it. So we know their tracker. We know the success they've had at building businesses and, and you know, they're, they're good at it. So we've got this whole huge pool of people on the Empire Flippers side of operators, portfolio managers, we call them at Web Street, yep. that we could pull from. And then give them cash and allow them to bring returns to investors. So you have investors backing the jockey in a sense, yeah, and then the jockey it. goes out and buys the horse that they want to ride. Well, let's go through the model in a bit more detail <clears throat> so I understand it. So I've I've come in or my wife sold her business and you know she's been a great operator at building a content-based travel, you know, couple of websites. Yep. And you look at her and go, you know what? Actually, what she's done is really interesting. She's now sold her business for a bit of money. Maybe we'll get her. So go out there and, and kind of be one of these portfolio people, yep. particularly in that niche, let's call it the travel niche. And she would then go out there and instead of starting a business and scaling it and exiting it, she would go out there and look for businesses to acquire on behalf of investors. And then from that, she would be responsible for scaling them or would there be a team that also helps from Web Street? Like a private equity firm has an operating partner, yep. right? And then they have a resources team around them. The resources team around them offers, offers different services to the, the company or the portfolio of companies. Yep. So, so break that down for me. Yeah. So you know, she comes in and she's been vetted by the Web Street team and selected to be a, um, a portfolio manager. Then what we'll do is we'll raise a round for her. So she'll state okay. kind of her background, um, kind of what she's looking to do. Say she's looking to buy affiliate sites. 
I want them to be in the two hundred to five hundred thousand dollar range. I'm looking to raise two million dollars to do this. I want to have a total of you know eight of these businesses or six of these or whatever it is. Uh, and then she mentions her growth strategy. Here's my plan to grow them or maintain them. Here's here's my my overall plan over the next three to five years. And so she puts that out. We raise the money first. So once we get the money in place, she can then take that money and buy businesses that meet her criteria. Web Street has veto power over it, just as kind of a check to make sure that. You know, she says she wants to buy affiliate sites and then she you know, wants to go out and buy Kindle ebook businesses. We're like, no, 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 slow, slow down. That was a part of your strategy. Um, so, but yeah, in terms of like the team, there are um, uh, uh, purchase advisors that work with her on the buy side to help her. Because a lot of times, even if they're experienced uh, entrepreneurs, they've run these online businesses, they don't have a ton of experience buying businesses. No, it's right? a very different skill. Exactly. Different skill. So we have advisors that work with them uh, on the purchasing process. But after that, it's them and their team uh, in terms of running the businesses. Now, the advantage for her is that rather than putting all the money up, she's putting up 5% and basically getting 20% value. So she's leveraging up. And the other thing is, is that you don't, um, for the operators, they don't have to deal with any kind of investor management, investor relations, which can be a bit difficult. And a lot of times you know, people are putting in you know, $30,000, $40,000 here. It's not massive amounts. So they have a number of investors. And that's something that Web Street handles for them. So you know they get to do this. And, and not just once, but the, the best portfolio managers will come back again and again. So from our perspective, you know, from their perspective, they can come back and do it two, three, four times a year and keep coming back and just doing building, uh, buying up more and more businesses and raising rounds. Got it. And what's the what's the end game of this? So are they are they also building going out there and doing these acquisitions and then exiting them as well for a return? Do you have a <clears throat> there's a thing in um, private equity called return on invested capital, or sometimes it's multiple of invested capital, and we would always look to try and get a three to five times return. So so if I'm going to put you know in your world a million bucks into something, I want three to five million back within a three to five year window. How how does yep. that work in your world? much lower we're estimating 20 to 24 percent returns uh, okay. for investors so yeah it's it's gonna be much lower um yeah three to but it's five not on, is it not on it's not on a capital event necessarily though is it? it's on a cash flow basis yeah it's on cash flow yeah exactly so now there is some gains on the appreciation of the business right because holding the business for a longer period of time getting some gains you're going to get a bit better on the multiple that's been true historically um, so we are expecting some of that return there, but like for example, last year on the we've been doing this a little over two years now. Yep. Last year, I think it was uh, fourteen point six percent cash on cash, uh, fourteen point six cash yield, which uh, comes out to an annualized a little over twenty percent. Got it. So, so, so where you're pitching this against, obviously, is if someone's going to invest in the in asset classes. Obviously, put it in, you know put it in a bank, right? Because <laughs> you'll get whatever you get three percent, four percent, wherever you are in the world. So you're looking at it at a kind of at, on a cash based return. But there is also, I suppose, an equity ownership, isn't there? So if I put some cash in to buy a business, backing you and backing one of these portfolio managers, yeah, I have a percentage of equity in in the asset that's been acquired. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So uh, investors are putting in 95% of the cash and getting 66% returns. And the reason they're getting that is because they're getting uh, the cash flow and they're also getting a bit of the equity uh, on the exit. When the businesses sell, um, the investors are paid back first and then it's split uh, between Web Street, uh, the operators and the investors. Right. And your commercial model as Web Street, are you taking a management fee as well in terms of the way it's being run? And do you take yeah, equity so as well? Yeah. So of the 66%, there's 33%. We got 3.3 to the advisors that are involved in the, helping the, the, the buy side and everything. Yeah. Uh, 10% for Web Street and 20% for the operator. Great. 
Fantastic. It's a nice model. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, what's really interesting too, and, and this is what we found is like when we were selling at Empire Flippers, under two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, those sites, those businesses, those websites just sell super quick. Like you know, people have that kind of money. It's not hard to to put that kind of money together. It's pretty easy. Above one point five uh, is pretty sellable too, right? Because you've got the larger kind of portfolio companies like a baby private equity, you know, buying yep. up uh, these three million dollar, four million dollar businesses. But there's this weird space between like 300,000 to 1.5 million. That's too much for like an individual person to, to buy. I mean, they do, but there's not as many of them. And it's too small for the private equity models. And so there's a lot of like, there's, there's this, it's this unique little space. And there's a lot of like, you know, sellers are willing to negotiate a bit. They're willing to take earn outs. You can, I mean, it's not like no money down, but you can, you can get, you can, I don't know, tweak it a little bit more. You can get a little more value there. And so that's, you'll, you'll find that's where web street plays as well, because that's a really interesting space to purchase. Right. Okay. In so terms of range. Yeah. And no, I get it. So yeah, the smaller, the smaller businesses, yeah, you've, you've, it comes back to kind of, um, you know, your targets that you said beforehand in terms of who's actually investing and buying and, you know, where people have the cash flow to be able to buy a business that's say under three or 400 grand versus you know, when you're starting to get up to something that's over a million. And there's also yeah. different levels of risk there, unless you've got a, a more professional setup to be able to do that at scale. Yeah, on the, on the lower end, there is risk. Uh, but on, the, on the smaller deals, right, there's yeah. going to be more risk uh, because they don't have the team in place. They, they haven't built it up to, to scale uh, to some degree. And that's why when we have investors do these, we have like we have an invest in all button. I tell people don't like select the, 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 the deals you want to invest in. Select maybe one that you don't want to do. Right. So just try and do broadly. And we have an invest in all button where you'll just kind of invest in all the deals for that round. Choose that unless there's one in particular that you don't like and that you think, oh, I don't like their strategy, whatever, then don't do that. But um, also with the invest all, we made it easy. So we've lowered the minimums if you just invest across uh, to make it easier Got for it. everyone there. Yeah. Got it. And what, what, sort of, what sort of investment size are you getting? So what's the minimum and the maximum that you've had so far? Um, on the latest round, I think it was. 40,000 per deal, uh, but it drops to 20,000 per deal if you invest in all of them. I think our average investment was like 60, 70,000 per individual investor. Got it. And and back to multiples for a second. So you said beforehand that a business can go from from a monthly um, uh, cash flow position, like a, I think you said 30 to 35 times, something like that. Yeah, yeah, just under 3x. Got it. Okay. And, and how does that change? Because I know how that changes when the businesses are bigger in my world. But how does that change when a business is getting, you know, up to a valuation that's maybe over a million? Yeah, track record helps. So the longer the business has been around, um, you know, it's assumed that, you know, it has some staying power. So like a year and a half old affiliate site is going to get a lower multiple than an affiliate business has been running for four or five years, for example. Yep. So just being around longer helps. As you get larger, typically multiples go up. I would say there's that kind of weird range I mentioned before, the 300 to 1.5 that is probably a little worse, but as businesses get bigger, typically you get better multiples. Got it. Yeah, same as same as private equity. And that comes back to risk again. You know, the bigger businesses tend to sell for the higher amounts because they're more established, right? They, they, they have to be set up to run like machines as opposed yeah. to any dependence on one individual. What's interesting too is I'll tell you at Empire Builders, because we, we have a vetting process, we don't allow any business to list. You know, we, if we can't you know, completely verify the earnings, the revenue, whatever, that we won't take the business on. So it's not just a come list your business and see what you get. Because of that, we have a much higher sell through rate than I think you might expect. Uh, we sell uh, through about 70% of the businesses that list at Empire wow. Flippers get okay. sold. 
Yeah, which so the liquidity is pretty decent. Um, yeah, some of them don't sell, but it, it has to do with our vetting process and not allowing like every business to list. I think I know yeah. that uh, typically, you know, uh, smaller businesses don't sell through at all. So like the more we get the word out that first off your business is sellable, right? There's a marketplace to do that, and that we have a really high track record of doing this. Like it gives people options. And what's what do you think the future of this looks like? So the fact that it's you know there are a lot of people out there buying these types of businesses and have been for you know you've been around for ten years. How do you see that you know changing in the future? I mean, I see the market continuing to grow, um, particularly as you know more people are savvy and and are working online and finding ways to be creative and entrepreneurial. Uh, we see a lot more opportunity for people to buy businesses that have the skills to buy those businesses. So we see the growth on Empire Flippers basically from people that are you know learning how to run online businesses and purchase them. And then on the uh, Web Street side, it's much bluer ocean uh, from our perspective because you're not limited by people that have the skills to run the businesses. Our limitation at Web Street is the operators. Yeah, right, portfolio managers. That's the critical piece. But we have an unfair advantage because we've got this, you know, huge selection of people from the Empire Flipper side. So it's great, and the fact that we can use portfolio managers again and again. The best ones and the ones that can show a track record are going to come back for seconds, thirds, fourths, and the investors will happily be involved because they're getting a return on the previous deals. Are you seeing any any sort of bigger money coming into into that world now? I mean, the private equity side of things. Like, you know, Not yet. No, we're, we're expecting that. Uh, yeah. We expect the money to come, but like we're still only two years in, so we don't have a ton of track record yet, right? We need to exit some of these businesses. We haven't exited from portfolio one, portfolio two. So I think once we have, like we have a tracker we can show you. Here's the returns we've gotten so far, cash on cash, but we haven't fully ended it. Look, when we first did this, it was, it was we were very transparent with the investors. We said, look, here's our thesis, right? We think that this is going to work and we, we think we have a good portfolio managers that can run this. But what we don't know is, can we even raise the money? Is this is this really a venture? People have said they want to do it, but do they do they really want to? Yeah. Um, second, can we find the right businesses, right, uh, and and get enough portfolio managers that make sense and and get the right business for this to work? And third, can we deliver an, ultimately deliver a return to those investors? I was like, we don't know any of those. We think we will. We we here's here's why we think we will. But you want to try it? Let's give it a shot. And so like it was literally that vague and that like. Uh, yeah, we don't know how this is going to work. So we've solved the first one. We we've we realized yes, there's people that want to put money in. We think the bigger money's coming with more track record. But yeah, we'll put, we'll put money in. Yes, can we find the businesses to purchase? Yes, not all the time. So there are instances where you know the person's raised the money. They're looking for businesses, and they've got three months to do it. If they don't find a business, like we don't want to just sit, like hold on to people's capital, like you know, undeployed for a long period of time, right? So they got three months to buy, which is enough right i think i think if we extended that they would just drag the time out are anyway. you actually are you actually holding on to the capital because i mean in again in the world of pe there's a, a thing called a call which basically means i've promised the capital to you but you don't no. have it we have it right so you've got okay that's interesting in its own right so you have the liquidity to be able to do the deals quickly if you need yes to. which is super helpful and like much needed because otherwise trying to do a call for everyone trying to get the money in in time and then we don't get enough and then yeah we don't do that so i think what we'll ultimately do is there'll probably be bigger money backing the deals maybe taking primary position on some of the deals and like backfilling some of the money to make sure we can get everyone funded um that's probably where it's going to go, um, but we haven't done that yet. So we, we, we're having a conversation with family offices and some of the private equity guys, but it's still kind of like we haven't, no one's pulled the trigger yet. Well, um, yeah. the, magic, the magic number is, is $5 million EBITDA. That's the magic number if you want to open up the 
what I call the lower mid market. You know, that's yeah. where that's where they start to get interesting when you've got a portfolio of businesses that are generating that level. So that seems, I mean, you know, you said you've had a couple of bigger deals, but you need to sort of build towards that. And that's when it starts to bring in the institutional money. Well, we're thinking with the institutional money, if they can back like all the rounds, so they come in, they're like, look, yep. you know, help us deploy 20 million, 30 million, whatever, but just not, it's, it's small ball for them, but we can put that to work uh, behind the individual investors uh, that are doing the deal. So it helps us kind of like make sure the rounds are funded. But there are, there are times where, you know, they don't deploy the cash because they couldn't find the right business or like, you know, we, we just couldn't, couldn't get it to work. So um, that's not great, uh, but, <laughs> but we'll get better at that. We've had, I think out of, 20 something deals we had two i think that um that we couldn't find uh the business to acquire uh which isn't great but we just redeploy it send the money back to them or ask them if they want to redeploy it into other deals got it got it and i take it also just on that point of you know how you've managed to raise the the money from investors is a lot of the investors are people who've probably sold their businesses through your ecosystem right so that's right so yeah. you, you've already got the target list to go back and say hey you sold your business for 400 grand would you like to now invest in something else that we're doing, which gives you that kind of marketplace from that side? That's true. Or they followed it and they've wanted to buy a business, but haven't done it. A lot of them, you know, they just, a couple of use cases. Uh, I know a guy and we're, we're friends, but one of the reasons he does invest in web street is because he's deep into the affiliate stuff. And so he invests in all the non-affiliate stuff as a diversification strategy. Right. So he's like a, he's a big SEO affiliate guy. And so he does kind of the e-commerce and the Kindle stuff uh, to get away. So he's diversified a bit more. And other people are doing it because they don't have the time. Like let's say they do have the skills. They run online businesses now. They just don't have the time. They're currently focused on their other business. They're like, look, I want to put some, some money into this. I, I dig it, but yeah, I'm not gonna, I don't want to run the business. Yeah. Well, that's, 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 that's the golden thing, right? <laughs> Everyone has this idea that you can have this passive or semi-passive play going on, which, you know, as we said beforehand is, is true to some extent, but it's not necessarily true if you take on a business that you don't know anything about. That's, that's yeah. where what's, what's fascinating in the world that I'm sort of in, I see people who, who are going out there trying to, you know, they, they might be good at doing deals. This is more in the, you know, buying off people who are retiring space. But, you know, they, they end up having to give those businesses away or they end up, people don't really appreciate that, you know, when you do a deal like that and it's like a leverage buyout, you're paying the business back over time. Yeah, you can give the business back, but quite often there are debentures and all sorts of other things that are in place and you can get yourself into a pretty sticky situation. Whereas if you decide to actually back, as you said, the jockey, right, the person who has the proven track record, yeah. chances of you getting a, you know, a better return on that, even though you may have a lower amount of equity in those deals, it's higher. I take it that's again the thesis that you're you're presenting here. Yeah, and web streets, you know, that's we're creating a new asset class as we view it, right? And so that's pretty exciting for us. I think it's really uh, fun uh, from the investment side. Um, and the fact that we're making it passive is how we're able to to uh, um, uh, command fees, right? That's how we're able to make our money. Yeah. Got it. So what's the future then for you personally with these businesses? What are you looking to do? And and are there any other ventures that are spitting out of this? I mean, obviously, web streets quite new and probably taking a lot of your time. But how are you starting to kind of navigate the market as you see it evolve and change? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We, um, we're we always looking for other opportunities, but we're <laughs> my business partner and I are kind of dense. Um, like the customers have to like beat, beat us down until, you know, asking for something until we realize, oh, there's probably a market for this. So it takes us a little while. Um, it was years of not acting on anything before we, we put Web Street out. So we're a little, frankly, we're a little slow at it. Um, but eventually they kind of like push through and, and uh, give us some ideas. One of the things we're thinking about doing with Web Street is like, can, can an operator bring in their own deal? Right, but it's kind of self-dealing, and like, is it would that be okay? How do they? Because because they if they're bringing in their own deal, they want it valued at a certain level, 
right? Um, but that, that may not be the value uh, uh, that the, op- the investors want it at. Uh, you as an operator would want to buy it at, right? So that, that's a, a bit challenging. We're also thinking about maybe a, um, where you, the, the investors get a bit more say or a bit more access. Right now it's passive and you, you have no um, access. You're not getting uh, able to give input or anything to the operator. But what if we had a deal where people are able to put larger amounts of money in, but actually get some action or say in how the business is done, or they can bring their own skills to it and, and add value there. So we're playing with that idea. That might be kind of fun. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's going to be a tear up on the model. Because again, like the private equity model is, you know, you put a certain amount of cash in, you get a seat on a board, uh, you are helping shape the strategy of the business or the group, right? So it kind of comes back to, it depends on on how how big these um, these kind of groups of businesses you know, eventually be because I, I was working with a, a group out of um, out of Utah, which I can't mention, but they are very, very well backed and they're buying up e-commerce brands in the beauty space because they've already got their own kind of platform of beauty products and they're, they're bringing in the best ones they can find. The business is valued at about 150 million now, right? So, so those sort of things are interesting because you've got people starting to look at this market in specific niches yeah. and they're looking and go, okay, you know, if these businesses are good and I can get enough of them, I'm also diversifying um, the customer concentration issues that can potentially happen. So they're, mm-hmm. they're looking at it as having these kind of big, I suppose it's kind of like the aggregators, but it's, but it's in certain niches. Yeah. Niche and- specific. Exactly yeah. right. And you buy a business around it, whether it's affiliate or e-com or FBA, whatever, it doesn't really matter because you're you're playing with the same customer base and you can cross promote everything. Yeah. Exactly. So if you were so for someone listening to this, a couple of couple of questions. I want to I want to kind of talk a little bit about Empire Flippers and also Web Street independently for a second. Yeah. If someone's listening to this and they're thinking about building an online business that they want to kind of create and flip relatively quickly, um, what would you recommend would be a industry starting point or business model that that seems to get the most traction or the ones that have been the most successful for you for empire flippers i mean i think ease of use like the affiliate model is relatively easy right we're talking content putting up a website adding some content dropping some links getting some people to click those links and buy stuff like that's probably the easiest business model right. and there's people out there that uh, talk about how to build we, we don't we have some resources obviously empire flippers we've got a podcast a blog you can read about it but there's some other guys in the space too they're talking about like authority hacker um, is a good place to kind of learn information on how to uh, build authority sites uh, niche pursuits has done this for a very long time they got a whole bunch of content on building out affiliate sites so there's some great sites in the space for people looking to get started looking to kind of like build their first kind of like online business or affiliate site i'd say affiliate sites are a great way to go yeah okay and what about when you see these stories of people buying up people's instagram followings or facebook groups and things like that <laughs> you know they're buying the they're buying the community right do, do you transact those type of deals or not no, not just a, there has to be a, a business behind it. So right. we can sell a business and that business may have a Facebook page with quite a following, but just selling the Facebook page itself, we don't do. Right. So we okay. don't just sell accounts. So it has to have the monetization in place, not just the fact that someone's built the community, even if they're engaged, et cetera. Got it. That's right. And I, you know, honestly, frankly, I, even if we could, I, I'm not sure I'd want to because there are so many like fake followers on uh, Twitter accounts and Facebook accounts and they're so good. The bots are much better now. And so it's hard. Yeah, to I don't understand it, it. I see. I mean, there's a couple of um, marketplaces in this space that I've started to just see floating around and I kind of don't understand the model, right? Like there seems you, you must be paying not very much for them. <laughs> like I, yeah. I get the idea that it takes time to build a community. But a lot of these communities are built off the back of influencers, 
you know, and, yes. and what are you yeah, actually buying? They're out. I, we do like uh, communities in terms of like discords and, uh, you know, like forums. Uh, we, we've sold communities like that. It's a harder sell though. And we don't do a lot of them. So I wouldn't Got say it. it's a, a popular business model uh, uh, to sell. No. Got it. Okay. Um, last couple of questions. So in terms of web street, if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, you know what, I want to kind of look at this and, and potentially invest in this asset class. What are the steps to doing that? Yeah. So go to webstreet.co. You can take a look, you're going to create an account. And then uh, once you, uh, you're, you prove that you're accredited, uh, you can review the deals that we currently have. We normally, we've been doing around every quarter that'll increase as we ramp up and get up to, you know, deploying hundred million a year as a goal. Um, yeah. But uh, you can take a look at the deals and review them and, you know, invest across. Normally it's per round. We have somewhere between three to six deals uh, to review. So you can take a look, see which ones you want to invest in and then uh, send the money over. Perfect. And if people want to reach out to you, Justin, just a little bit more about kind of what you're doing, where can they do that? Uh, Twitter at Empire Flippers. You can go to empireflippers.com. Uh, check us out at uh, webstreet.co. Awesome. Okay, mate. Well, listen, we'll make sure we link all of that into the show notes. Fun conversation. As I said, it's a, it's the other end of my world, <laughs> but it is fantastic to see that, you know, you've created such a stunning business over the last decade by seeing that opportunity and presenting that opportunity for people who are, you know, really going out there and becoming entrepreneurially in the, entrepreneurial in the online space. So Thanks, mate, mate, it's been great having you on the show. Appreciate it, man. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you enjoy the show just as much as I enjoy creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything you heard in today's show, or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now to learn about our coaching, mentoring, and mastermind programs. See you soon.